Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 71, Got Apps? Recorded Halloween night, 2011. This week, we're going to be joined by Mr. Brendan Colber to uh, talk to us about his company, uh, who uh, specializes in making uh, branded iPod, iPhone, and Android apps for um, a fraction of the cost of hiring your own developer. So we'll have him on a little bit. But first off, I want to say happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. I, and I actually, you know, just I, just prior to recording the show, I, I was getting back from taking my daughter out trick-or-treating. Yeah, I've got three kids, and so I spent the night chasing them around um, in their fairy wings and princess uh, crowns. And yeah, we got back here and, and tried to hose them down a little bit and get their uh, hyperactive sugary bodies into bed. And then came out here and, and started to do the podcast. And um, I, I've been sick for the last couple of weeks. I actually got a pretty bad case of uh, uh, strep throat. So if I sound a little rough, that's why. Uh, but um, so I spent uh, three and a half, maybe four hours outside uh, with the kids, walking around town, doing that whole thing, uh, feeling like crap the whole time. And then I come home and my wife says, you need to get in bed. And I said, no, I've got a, got a podcast. And that's what she objects to. The thing where I sit down and do nothing but talk for an hour, she objected right. to. That's what I shouldn't Go be Go out there and have the kids drag you all around town in the cold air. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But podcasting, right. no, you really should probably shouldn't be doing that tonight. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, mine was especially fun this, uh, this Halloween because uh, my daughter, who's five, uh, you know, this is the first year that we're in the city, so... Uh, we always, uh, you know, we had lived in the country all of her life up until now. And uh, that meant that your nearest neighbor was literally, you know, half a mile, a mile away. I mean, you you just don't go out and, and trick or treat down a country road. I mean, you'll, it'll take two hours and you hit like three houses. <laughs> so, so, you know, what we had always done before, and we, we did this a few years with your family, Mark, we go down to the town square. So in a small country town, you go down to the town square and all the local businesses, uh, fill that town square and you just kind of walk around the town square and uh, there's thousands of kids out there, but uh, it's convenient. Uh, but this is the first year that uh, Gracie's had a chance to actually go kind of do the whole house to house thing and trick or treat. And uh, so that was especially fun this year. It was really neat to watch her. Uh, you know, she's right at that perfect age to get it to. So lots of fun. Yeah. And of course we gathered around uh, roughly 17,000 people dispend, descended on a one-square-mile area, and uh, germs were passed all over the place. So <laughs> I expect mass vomiting all over town before long. Right. All right. Well, uh, on that note, <laughs> speaking of mass vomiting, uh, you know, I, I have... Uh, That's and a good I'm time not, to bring out Tony, Tony Romo, right? Oh, that is a that is a good one. And, and the Rangers, too, for that yeah. matter. <laughs> Not yeah, a good time to, to be a sports fan in Dallas. Right, yeah. And, and I had to put that in the warm-up. And I know, you know, this is a tech show. It's an education show and everything. And, you know, most of our listeners, uh, they're from uh, around the United States and the world and everything else. and uh, They could probably care less. But uh, if you have heard anything about sports here recently, uh, you know that Dallas sports are just like choke masters yeah, lately. It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, the Rangers twice are one strike away from winning the World Series, and they go on to lose it. And uh, 
the Dallas Cowboys, which I'm not particularly a fan of, but still they've uh, they've made a habit of uh, choking almost on a weekly basis here recently. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. You gather the best talent, literally the best talent in the world, and then they don't do anything. I right. Figure. Or actually, they do just enough and then fail. Well, yeah, so I just had to throw that out there. But ironically, uh, this is like the warm-up of puking, right? <laughs> just of puke, or I don't <laughs> Maybe this is a little bit too much, but uh, my co-host from The Tightwad Teacher, uh, and I, not really my co-host anymore because I've pulled back from that show, and I'm simply a producer now for that show, but uh, uh, John Mikulski, you remember, you remember this, right, Mark? Absolutely. So we've been uh, hounding him. Uh, oh, I don't know. A handful of episodes back, he actually broke out an accordion. He had an accordion and uh, broke it out towards the end of the show. And was actually kind of, uh, if you want to call it playing it, he was making noise with it. And uh, <laughs> uh, I had him on video on Skype, so I could actually see him. And so it was it was hilarious. And I told him, I said, John, you got to get us pictures for this. You know, you got to get us pictures out there on our uh, our forum. And uh, John has finally done that after both me and Mark and I don't know anybody else out there. Uh, we've been hounding him. Uh, the pictures are out there and they're just what I was expecting. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I've never seen John. I've talked to him when he was a guest on this show. I've listened to him on your show. I've emailed back and forth with him. I consider John a friend, but he's a friend I've never laid eyes on. And so when he posted that, I went to look at it. And it was just the quintessential geek. And and I was sitting on the, uh, on the couch with my laptop. I turned my laptop to my wife, and she looked at it, and she had three words. Oh, my God. That's all she could say about it. <laughs> so you really have to go see this picture because it is, uh, it's like Anthony Michael Hall in 16 Candle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I love John. He's, he's great, and uh, he's a character. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, there's a reason that we went after him. You know, we had him on our show. Uh, we had him on this show uh, way back when. I can't even remember. It's been quite a while. He was one uh, of our first listener spotlights. Yeah, and uh, he's just a, a great guy. And, you know, you love listening to him, and he's funny, and he's entertaining to listen to and everything else. And then you see the picture of him, and you're just like, this guy is just, you know, he, he lives to make you smile. Perfect face <laughs> for radio. Right. So. Okay. And so moving right along. Um, oh, there's one more thing here. I didn't want to uh, uh, gloss over that you put in the notes there. Uh, Google, oh, yes. Google's going Microsoft. They have uh, driven out competitors in the market and then started jacking up the price now that they're uh, a monopoly. And that is yeah. referring to what, John? Uh, well, the, uh, they're going to start charging for the Maps API, access to the Maps API. Uh, now this is interesting and I, you know, I always being prepared that I am, I, I didn't bring up the article that I originally came across that, uh, about this, but, um, this isn't going to affect everybody. So, you know, if you have your own little private website and you've got a Google maps widget, uh, you know, off there in the corner or something, uh, it's not going to cost you anything to do that. Uh, it's, they're really going after the the big players, the people who, uh, but not really too big. I think uh, it was something like 250,000 hits a year or more. So if you, if well, you call their API a quarter million times a year, they're going to charge you for it. Right. But there, it's no small charge. Um, something like $40,000, uh, 
again, I wish I had the, uh, the article up, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to, they're going to charge you a pretty hefty fee, but you know, like you said, Mark, I guess uh, on the scale of things, if you really have people hitting your map that often, I mean, you're like the New York times and, uh, well, you're I'm thinking like hotels.com, right. Where they right. show you a map of the hotel, you know, that that's operating expense for them. And, uh, they've had it for free for a while. And I'm I'm not one of those who's all mad at Google for doing this, but uh, it is one of those cases where uh, it's, you know, they, they got, uh, they drove everybody, they drove MapQuest and Lycos Maps and all those guys out of the market offering a free product, and now it's no longer free. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I'm with you, Mark. I, it doesn't really bother me too much because, you know, 99.8% of people are, you know, uh, businesses out there or whatever are not really going to be affected by this. Um, but you're going to hear a lot of negative press because the people who are affected by it are big players and they're going to have a loud voice. So, um, you know, keep it in perspective, I guess, you know, I still take the Google pill every day. Um, so, you know, I am a little bit biased, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, that's just, that's, what businesses do, right? I mean, drive out the competition and then jack up the price. So it's funny. Uh, they seem to be taking every play from the Microsoft playbook of the early nineties and they're just redoing everything Microsoft did. And we will see, I have no doubt we will see depositions of, of high ranking Google officials in, in front of Congress, um, testifying at a, at a, uh, antitrust trial, just like we did with, with, uh, Microsoft. Yeah. And you know what, what I really hope is that they don't really completely make that turn to the dark side, you know, uh, because there's, they're so, you, you call it the dark side. I call it capitalism, you know? It oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. We've had that conversation, right? I mean, you know, uh, it, it drives our economy. Um, so it, within reason, but you know, hopefully it, it's funny because the end user, you know, the little guy, we're fine if that's happening to some big company, you know, right? If hotels.com gets the price jacked up on them, then we don't care. Of course, hotels.com is just going to turn around and, you know, pass that cost on to us anyway. So, <laughs> you know, in the end, maybe we should be more concerned. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about, you know, the long-term effects of that. So if they continue to do things like that, is that going to impact their business? Is Google, uh, you know, not going to be as pervasive in my life where I use their tools constantly every day, uh, because they are very valuable tools to me. Um, so I really hope that we're not really seeing a sweet spot here and, you know, this is the heyday and five, 10 years from now, we won't have that. And speaking of valuable tools, let's get uh, Brendan on here to talk about how his company can create valuable tools for your school. You like that transition? How was that? That was a beautiful segue, Mark. <laughs> you are on a roll. So, Brendan, let's just begin with you uh, giving us a little five-cent introduction about you and your company. All right. I think I can do a little better than that. Maybe a 10 cent introduction. Um, I am an owner and a founder of Branded Business Apps. Uh, we're owned by AccuWork Software and we do uh, mobile applications at a rate that is much easier for uh, smaller businesses or smaller organizations to, to swallow. It, it can cost a lot to produce an app and we uh, we do them at a rate that is uh, much more reasonable. So we're really excited to be working with schools, uh, business consultants, restaurants, hair salons, and a variety of other businesses as well 
Um, and our, our system is one that is very simple and easy to understand. Okay. And so give us the, uh, the simple and easy to understand version of it. All right. All right. All right. So we do a, uh, a the, the mobile application suite is one where uh, we essentially, you know, took the idea of building an app and built a platform around it. Um, so when we go to build an app, uh, we can get it done pretty quickly. Um, if I were to, to hand over the login information uh, for, for you guys to build an app or for a, a school administrator to, to build an app, it would take uh, maybe a couple of hours instead of a couple of days. Um, you know, that, that it would take a programmer to do so. Uh, it's much more of a content management system uh, where you plug in, you know, inf your information, your branded graphics or, you know, pictures of your, um, of your school or university. And uh, it, it's all geared towards the people who would download your app. So is it mainly like a collection of RSS feeds? Is, is that how it works? No. So I'll, I'll get into some of the functionality. Um, we, we can do a number of things. Some of the aspects that we like best are push notifications. Um, so you would be able to log in, send a push notification. It takes about five to, to 10 minutes for it to be sent out to all the people who have downloaded the app. It's a great way to keep in contact with people, whether it's you know regarding weather closures, upcoming events, changing schedules, sports. And then we tie into a lot of the native functionality as well. So whether that's uh, GPS or geolocation, you can show businesses, restaurants, or uh, any other organizations that are close to you or close to where you're at. Uh, we can do some RSS feeds and website tabs. Uh, that's not necessarily going to be our bread and butter. Um, we also do YouTube channels where you can play the actual videos from within the app, podcast tabs, image galleries. Um, we have a, a form creator that we use as well, Wufu, uh, which we, uh, we love. And then we can do event tabs so you can see, you know, recurring events, whether it's something that's happening every Friday or a one time event like, uh, you know, X, Y or Z event is coming up on a Saturday or, you know, make sure that you get all your tickets to this event um, on this day. Um, so, you know, in, in lieu of, of Halloween, uh, you could have had a, a photo gallery tab with all of the uh, students who would. Um, you know, for a school who have dressed up and then had a fan wall tab or an, an email tab within the app that you could vote who your favorite uh, costume was. So let me know if I need to keep going. I can I can talk for a long time here about what we do. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's actually uh, it's pretty interesting because schools are uh, nowadays are becoming much more aware of, you know, kind of the power of. Uh, really the internet and you know that that's where they first looked was their websites and how can they basically use that as a community outreach tool mm -hmm. and now that uh you know basically the mothers and fathers the parents out there of these students uh probably spend more time on mobile devices uh i, I don't know that schools are really you know, turning in that direction yet, but it seems like something that they should be doing. So, I mean, can you talk about that? Do you, do you, uh, have any, maybe any numbers for mobile versus web or, or what kind of trends that you're seeing as far as how people are accessing information? Yeah, uh, definitely. So, um, you know, websites, I, I would say that they really started to gain a lot of traction about, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe maybe 12 years ago and we're, we're starting to see more of a trend toward mobile apps now and so you know we're thinking that you know instead of it taking 10 years to where every school or organization has a website it'll probably be you know two or three years before every 
organization has their own mobile app. And uh, there are a lot of numbers around, uh, you know, how people use the web on their cellular devices. And so on smartphones, um, app usage is already outpacing mobile web usage. And, and that just happened, I think, this last June. So people interact more within apps than they do within like a web page, partly because it's difficult to type in URLs or you don't necessarily bookmark them as frequently. And then partly because you can do so much more within an app. It's so much more interactive, which people which people really like. And so, you know, we're, we're excited to be on the, the cutting edge of that movement. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I have a, an Android device and I regularly will open up my apps to see what's going on, you know, at uh, some of the businesses that I like, you know, be it a restaurant or, uh, you know, if I need to do mobile, if I'm uh, out and about and I need to, to check the balance on my uh, my checking account, I can do that while I'm on the road or while I'm uh, at the mall with my wife who's doing some shopping <laughs> when I need to be checking my checking account. Um, so, you know, more. <laughs> More people are, you know, interacting through the web and through apps when they're out and about rather than just at home. And especially for a, a teacher or excuse me, a parent who is, um, you know, driving their their student or their uh, child around to all their different activities. It's a, a great way to be able to connect with them. And and we look at uh, we look at apps as a communication device more than anything. You, know, you can use it for advertising or marketing, but uh, we, we like it to be kind of a two-way road to, to keep people up to date with what's going on with the school, you know, be it events or what's going on with their uh, child. You know, maybe you can check the report card through the app, which is something that we're able to do. Uh, it's, a, it's an interactive way to connect with parents. So uh, what, what platforms do you make apps for? So we uh, currently do iPhone Android and then iPads. So, so you you're know, not rushing to do the uh, BlackBerry playbook? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> you know, we do yeah. for those uh, for those BlackBerry users and uh, Windows Phone users. We do have an HTML5 app, which is essentially a mobile web page. It doesn't tie into the camera or the GPS stuff, but uh, you know, we're sticking to to iOS and Android right now. <laughs> Well, you could sell at least like three or four more, you know, apps that way if you went in that direction. You know, yeah, about a baker's dozen, somewhere around there. <laughs> but I don't know, Windows so, Phone, that that will be a, a big emerging market, I think. And I'm, I'm sure you guys are probably looking into that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially with, you know, everything that you see going on with Nokia and Windows, uh, you know, it, it's gaining a lot of traction. But, you know, I think right now there's around I, I think you know the recent numbers i saw showed a half a million apps in the app store with apple uh somewhere around three hundred thousand with uh android and then i don't know what the windows phone is but i think it's in the tens of thousands so they haven't broken into the six figures yet yeah so uh give me an idea just uh i, I was gonna say rough but maybe you have exact numbers what what's it going to cost? Say I want a, an Element OP app for our all our podcasts here. What can I expect to pay for that? So you know it depends on where you do it. If you were to uh, get it, uh, you know, taken care of, uh, created, worked on in the states, it's going to be twenty to forty thousand dollars for most likely just an iPhone app, um, and then it would be you know maybe fifteen to thirty thousand for an Android app. Um, if you were to go overseas, you'd be looking at, you know, maybe five to $10,000. Um, we could do an app, though, on our platform 
so it would be an iPhone and an Android app branded to, uh, you know, to, to Elementopia. It would be $499 setup fee. So we would take all of your information, graphics, uh, create the app for you, uh, give you the opportunity to log into our client panel, review everything, make sure that it's uh, uh, up to your standards. And then we do $69 a month uh, from there. And we don't have contracts. Uh, that covers a lot of the, um, a lot of the fees that we would have, including servers and administration. And then, of course, rolling out new features as well. But um, obviously, you know, that's a, that's a huge discount or it's so much less than you would have to spend to get something built from nothing. Now, what for that, uh, that, upfront cost i mean what do you get do you just get the basic shell or uh or do you have to like you know piece parts in for additional costs how does that work no there are um you know there are so many businesses out there that will try to nickel and dime you know it it might be you know x amount per month and then you know the it's like a i guess i should say it's like an airline ticket you know you try to go fly and it says it's, you know, $199. Then you get taxes and fees and you get bags and you get snacks in the plane and you're, you're paying like 350 And we wanted to stay away from that. So, you know, we're kind of a what you see is what you get. So no matter how many features you decide to have or, you know, decide not to use, it's going to be $69 a month. Um, and and so that that gives you access to anything that we can you know, do within our platform. And, and we're always working to roll out new features. We don't want to just be at a place where we say, well, you know, this is good enough. Um, and, and, you know, we're happy with where we're at. We're, we're continuing to roll new things out as we go. So the app is hosted on your system and that's what the $70 a month recurring fee is for? Correct. Correct. And, and, we, and uh, if I decide to terminate that, I assume you own the content? Uh, we would, if you terminated, we would delete that content um, as we would want to make sure that that didn't get out to anyone else. Uh, but we don't do contracts. Um, and so you would just pay until the end of that month and you would be done. Okay. And so what, the app disappears from the store or never gets updated? What, what, what happens on my iPad if I stop paying? Um, so it would be probably about two months. The app would stay on there, um, but then it would, you know, based on us deleting it out of our system, it would then go missing from your your iPad. So the place that it used to be, uh, it would be no longer. Okay. So Which is probably actually a better a better way for that to happen. Uh, honestly, right? I mean, uh, so if somebody cancels. Uh, all of those users that have downloaded the app aren't going to basically be stuck with an app that's not working anymore because I'm assuming that that means the app is somehow tying back to databases on a server housed with you guys? Correct, correct. Yeah, so it's not just going to be sitting there with information from, uh, you know, a time and place to, you know, it was the last time that they updated it. It would be gone altogether. And how does content update? Does the end user have to constantly re-update the app? Well, so it depends on where they're getting the content from. If you had it in a, a, a tab, like a multi-level tab, then that would have to be updated by the end user, by the, the person who bought that app or, you know, administrator. Um, if it's tied into, uh, you know, a website tab that we would have within our app, it would update when that website was updated. If it was an RSS feed, you know, it would be just the same. 
you know, we do a, uh, a YouTube channel where you simply type in the, the name of your channel. It auto pulls in all the videos from that channel. And so anytime that a new video is uploaded, it pulls it into the app as well. And, and the same with podcasts. What happens if uh, uh, Cupertino decides the app doesn't belong in their store? Um, so it would, uh, it would be a, an interesting thing. Uh, if they decided that they didn't want those in their store, they would, at least from my experience, they wouldn't delete them. They just would put new rules in regarding new app uploads. Well, have you so ever would, had an app that wasn't uh, accepted, that was refused? Nope. No, no. You know, they really like to see native functionality. So things that tie into cameras, geolocation, uh, you know, like some of those RSS feeds that we had talked about or like YouTube. Uh, they really like to see all of those and they like to make sure that it's an app that will be opened. And, you know, it can't be solely marketing or advertising within the app. And so, you know, we when we work with uh, groups, we want to make sure that the people who download that app are going to use that app. And so we haven't had any issues at all. I just realized that we've got extensive notes that I haven't been looking at. I don't know if any of my questions have been on that the notes. <laughs> yeah, actually, we've, you've been doing okay. <laughs> you've been doing a good job. We're 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 on there uh, more or less. <laughs> well, we we jumped ahead a little bit. Maybe we can jump back a little bit and then come back to that because uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, one. You know, there's so many startup companies out there and every time somebody comes up with something uh, that's, you know, new and creative and everybody's kind of excited about it, but everybody's a little bit leery about it, too. So, uh, you know, just based off of, you know, is this company going to be here tomorrow? So uh, tell us a little bit about your history and maybe what your plans for the future are. Yeah, so um, Branded Business Apps is owned by AccuWorks Software, which is a, a company that we formed earlier this year. Uh, we're a self-funded company. We'll be around in many, many years. Um, that's not a concern. We're excited about this project, but we have a few other things working in the background as well that uh, will continue to lead to, to our success. But um, I, I think that's a really good thing to look at when you're, you know, talking to or looking at newer companies. Uh, you do want to make sure that they're going to be around. But um, I think that you guys know, and especially based on this conversation, this is a market that is growing very rapidly, and we're excited to be on the the cutting edge of it. So explain to me. I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my my feeble mind around mm. what a school would do with an iPhone app. Okay. Well, let me ask this. What kinds of information do uh, parents or even administrators look at on a web page from your experience? Um, cafeteria lunches, uh, football scores, uh, school closings. Uh Videos, projects that have been done by the students, uh, grades. Yep. We can do all that in an app. So that's the really, <laughs> that's the really I, easy I'm kind of curious. And I'm, a, I'm along the same lines as Mark, so I'm trying to picture the app that does all of this. How exactly is it laid out? Okay, so we'll, we'll start from the beginning. So uh, let's say you guys decide you want an, an element OP app. Uh, so you pay for it and I send you an email saying, all right, guys, um, you know, please fill out all of these uh, different 
you know, aspects in regards to what you'd like to see in your app. And so I'd send you an attachment with all the, the branded business apps tab functionality. It lists out what our app can do. And then I'd ask for all your graphics. I'd ask for, you know, what, what information you wanted in each tab. And, uh, and so we would work on that together. But so we would have uh, an app that had uh, a branded home screen. So it would have your graphics on the home screen. And then there'd, there'd be four apps at the bottom uh, with, or excuse me, one, uh, four tabs at the bottom with the fifth tab saying more. And when you would click on that more tab, it would go to all of the other tabs that are available within the app. And so we would have a contact tab, which would allow people to view all of your contact information. We would do messages, which would allow you to view push notifications, whether you had them turned on or off. Um, we would do an event tab, um, website tab, which a website essentially just pulls a website into the app. So you don't have to leave the app to see the, the web page information, which is great for um, report cards or for some of those pages where you, you can't necessarily put them into the, um, uh, into the other tabs. Um, and then we would, we would use some of our info tabs to provide more information about you, about your business, uh, who you are, you know, who, who you work with regularly, uh, the, the people that you interact with, and then the service that you provide to, you know, educators as a whole, as well as other people. Um, are you tracking with me so far? I'm with you. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, so in RSS tab, um, in, in the back end, I would take your RSS and, and just, you know, copy and paste it into the URL, into the URL portion. And then when I'm inside of the app and I click on, um, you know, blog, it pulls up the most recent blog posts or podcasts that you've done. And so I can either look at those and read those or listen to those within the app. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're just like any app, there's a list of tabs and then, you know, there's the function that's tied to it. Um, so, you know, go to the, the school aspect, you know, I would foresee them using an image gallery tab showing, you know, the inside and the outside of the school. And then potentially they'd have pictures in there of their most recent events as well. And so all of that would have to be updated, um, you know, by someone within the school. Well, uh, let's stop right there. Let's talk about that. What's the mechanism by which I update content or, um, or a better way to put that, that not an administrator updates contact, but that it could actually be handed off to teachers. Yeah. So uh, we would hand off the login information to a, a client or, or a content management system. And we call it our client panel and it is easier than mobile banking, I would say. And so you would go to clientpanel.brandedbusinessapps.com type in your username and password uh, and it would open up all of the information about your app. And it's in a very uh, easy to use, easy to read format. And so let's say we wanted to upload a new image. We would click on image gallery tab. It would show the pictures that are currently in there. Um, and if I want to delete one, I, I click on the red box uh, that is, you know, in the top right portion of that image, it deletes it. And if I want to upload 10 new images, I click on browse, select those 10 images, hit OK, and it uploads all 10 of them at one time. It's easy. <laughs> um, nice. But it's something um, that somebody has to go do. Uh, that's what I'm Yeah, that's at. Yeah, that's a, it's something that somebody has to do. There, there has to be an action, um, you know, be it from a teacher or from someone within the school. 
Okay, and um, I you mentioned something about messaging. So let's let's go back to the Element OP app. Say we had a, a special deal with a vendor that was good only for 24 hours. I could go into your client panel and push that out as a message to everybody who has the app. Exactly. So, you know, all, uh, you know, 100,000 people who listen to the podcast have downloaded your app. And when you send out a, a push notification, uh, it goes out to everybody. And for the people who have said, yes, I want to receive push notifications as they're received. It shows up as a, you know, as a text message. At least it looks like that on an iPhone or it shows up in the notification bar on an Android phone. And it says you have an, you, you have a message from the Element OP app. So I could go you know, within the app and see what you sent out. Or um, if I have push notifications or messages turned off, um, I could still go to the app, click on messages and see your most recent and all of the notifications that you've sent out. So, you know, whether it's a, a special or whether it's uh, some, you know, a very exciting podcast that you guys are, are planning on doing. Uh, once once you sent that out a couple minutes later, I would receive that on my phone um, as a, a form of communication from that app. Now, could we automate that by just having like it sucks in our Twitter feed and turns that into notifications? Does that work? So um, we would do a Twitter feed or we would have a Facebook within the app. And so if I had the app open, I could go to the Twitter or Facebook tab um, and it would show all of your specific information. Um, you wouldn't be able to have it be a notification on the actual phone, though. So if it was a, a Twitter feed, I'd have to have the app open to see it. It wouldn't necessarily uh, ring or or buzz, though. So you can't RSS a notification? You can't RSS a notification. Okay. Not yet. And so uh, roughly how many clients do you have right now? Um, you know, that's a good question. In terms of educational institutions, um, you know, we had talked about this briefly before. We're working with four universities, so three in Colorado, uh, one that's actually in Arkansas, and we're working with them to make sure that all the functionality works well within the app. And so we're, we're building those, um, giving them an idea as to what it would look like. And then we have a really nice, robust uh, we call it the preview app that allows people to see what it looks like and, and how we interact with that. Um, we're we're uh, talking to one K through 12 group and they're also looking at that back end. We've given them some of the login information to see what it looks like, but uh, that's it on the education front right now. But, you know, it's something that we're, we're building on rapidly. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm still curious because uh, the grade side seems like something that would be really difficult to me um, where there's so many different systems that schools are using out there. How, uh, how are you finding it is tying that into an app? Well, so, you know, we're, we'll go back to the actual tab functionality. And so, you know, for, for a school to have it tie into a true grading system so that it shows up, you know, um, as a you know, a log into the app and it's specific to your uh, child or your student. Uh, that would that would take a lot more time and cost a lot more money in terms of functionality. Uh, what we do, which is a, a great you know, I'm not going to say fix all, but it works with most every system uh, really nicely, is that we use a website tab within the app, and so we would have all the school information, um, you know, in in any of the other uh, you know events that they wanted in there. Uh, image galleries, et cetera. But then 
for the grading system, um, we would we would take the URL to a login screen and input that within the app. And so, you know, for for my uh, child who's in school, um, I would open up the app. I would go to that tab and it would give me the opportunity to put in my unique username and password uh, to be able to see my student or child's information. And so I'm interacting with it like it's a web page, but it's in one single um, area on my phone within the app. Does that are, are you tracking with me? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so, you know, no matter what system schools are using, it's a, a very easy way to integrate that. Do you have any, uh, have you found any problems, you know, in rendering that information in the browser? Does it come across looking okay? Or I, I, I just, I'm envisioning that like on my Android phone, maybe not looking so great. I mean, maybe on something as large as an iPad, but um, how does that translate? <laughs> Yeah, it looks great on the iPad, the the Android and iPhone. Um, it is going to be a situation where you will have to, you know, scroll or potentially move that information around. Uh, we do use a system as well that helps to uh, optimize mobile web or excuse me, web pages into mobile web pages, which is going to look a lot more sharp within the app, you know, like it would on on any phone when it's optimized for the actual device. And so, you know, I would say we would really have to work with that client to make sure that that showed up, you know, as they would like it to within the app. But I'm confident that that's something that we would be able to do. All right. So you've sold me. I want the app. Where do I go to get it? All right. So our, our uh, company name is brandedbusinessapps.com. Uh, B-R-A-N-D-E-D, business apps, A-P-P-S.com. Um, and you would go to the, the plans and pricing page. And it's a very easy system uh, where you'd be uh, able to pay and fill out all of the forms through the actual web page. And we would, uh, you know, give or take, be able to get the first draft out to you of that app within about 24 to 48 hours. And what if I think my content is super special and I want to charge 20 bucks for the iPad app? Um, <laughs> can I do that? Do you have that mechanism in place? We do have that mechanism in place. Um, I would have to talk to you about potentially your own developer license, which is $99 with um, with the iOS. And then I think it's 50 with Android. Uh, we would have to look at the specifics of the content that's in there, but we can charge for apps. But keep in mind that the powers that be will take their cut. <laughs> and I'm not talking about my company. <laughs> what is it, 70% I think Apple takes? Yeah, 30. 30, but I, still. I got it backwards, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hefty percentage. And they, sure, sure, but it is it's it is something that, you know, if, uh, I mean, theoretically, uh, a school could possibly, uh, if they had large enough numbers, it could be an income generator for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, sp well, speaking of large numbers, can you give us a hint uh, regarding your infrastructure? I mean, what can you handle in terms of, you know, if I get super viral and have, you know, 100 million downloads, can you handle that? Yeah, we can handle that. Um, you know, the typical numbers that we see for the businesses that we would work with or the the organizations, you know, we're, we're in the thousands 
Um, you know, you think about a typical uh, school or even, you know, a, a small to mid-sized university, you know, it's not going to be 100,000 people who are downloading the app necessarily. We could handle that. We've built the system to be able to handle that. Um, but, you know, especially in the, you know, the 10,000, the five to 10,000 range, um, easy. Okay. Well, Brendan, I don't want to keep you all night, but uh, as is customary, I always ask our guest if, if there was one central point or one thing that you wanted to make sure our listeners took home at the end of this interview, what would that be? We are very excited to be able to offer a product and a service um, to schools, uh, to universities, and, and other organizations that they were not able to uh, get into before. And so especially for a communication device like a mobile app, uh, it's a it's a very interesting way to interact with your um, with your parents and with your quote unquote customers. And so, uh, you know, we're we're really excited to continue to work with uh, those types of organizations to help them uh, in, in what they're doing on a day to day basis, especially at our price point. All right. That sounds awesome. Sean, anything else? No, no, I, I, I think it's great. I can't wait uh, really just to to see the first examples. Are you going to have some examples out there? I mean, how, uh, you know, you talked about doing, um, you know, you're working on some for universities now. Is there a place that we can go and look? Do we have a time frame? Like, you know, two months from now, we can go and look at one of these apps and see what it looks like. You know, I'd say probably about a month or so. You can go to our website, brandedbusinessapps.com to see what uh, some of our other examples look like. But uh, in a, in short order here, we'll be uh, putting out some of those other examples. All right, we'll we'll definitely have the link uh, in our show notes to that page uh, when we release the episode, which will be uh, on Thursday, this coming Thursday. So, great. Uh, look for um, tens of millions of hits to come from us. Oh, I bet. Because I'm I'm uh, battening down the hatches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark and Sean, thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure, and I, I really appreciate uh, being able to speak a little bit more about my business. All right, Brenda, great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And once again, that was Brendan Colber of Branded Business Apps. Uh, Sean, tell, tell us a little bit how this interview came about. I know, I know you you started this whole thing. Yeah, um, and you know, it's funny, you got me, you put me on the spot there. I, I honestly don't remember how I came across them, uh, but uh, it's something that, you know, I've always got my feelers out there and I, I came across it and I was looking at it and I thought, you know, it was the first time I had really even thought about that, but I know that we've always been kind of pressed with that challenge, right? Schools want to get the information out to the public, and they always come to guys like us and say, you know, how can we get it out there? And, you know, at our level, you know, the best we can offer them is, uh, you know, putting something out there on the web. So uh, I looked at it and thought, yeah, that'd be great, but uh, it's something that's usually outside the budget of, you know, probably all but the very largest schools. So uh, I immediately went to the pricing tab and I saw the pricing and I thought, gosh, you know, that's, that's affordable. I mean, just about any school could afford to do that. And, uh, you know, for a very small business and to have that monthly, uh, cost and whatever, uh, you know, might be a little rough, but, uh, I think just about any school budget could handle this. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit, you know, um, I, I want to see the product, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, I want to see a school using it and see uh, all of that functionality and how well it works or maybe how it doesn't work. Um, 
you know, just to see, you know, is it something where you get what you pay for or um, is it really going to be something that's, you know, kind of cool because uh, schools do. They want to be able to reach out to, to uh, parents and get information out. And um, the mobile space, I think, is the best place to do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm dubious of the whole app thing. Uh, <laughs> and I don't just mean them. I, I you know, I, I your beard I is growing. <laughs> maybe I should have given <laughs> Brendan a chance to uh, to get this. But most apps I see, and again, I own uh, an iPad and and an Android device. And but most apps are just web pages rebranded. I mean, I don't really. I don't see the the benefit of it. And if you've already got a website, I'm not really sure what an app brings you. I, I need somebody to convince me. Well, and it, that's why I say, too, is I want to see it because you're right. There are ones that it's just, you know, they've effectively made a browser into an app. And they call it an app, but it's just, you know, it's just another browser with some tabs. And uh, that doesn't really do it so much for me. but. Um, I guess it's something I'm going to have to see because if the information is formatted properly and it's, it's, you know, I think the best thing that they could do with that information is make it uh, a little bit more easily accessible, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, then it would be, it, it would be worth it. And obviously, you know, I think uh, you're going to get a chance to see when you put an app out there, how many downloads are you getting? You know, are people using this? You're going to be able to get a, a chance for feedback, but, um, I want to see the ones that they're working on. So yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on them and see, cause I really want to see what a, an app for a university looks like. Yeah. And it's uh, depending on the size of your budget, you know, for my tiny little school, uh, you know, 700 bucks for the, for all three apps is, is kind of ridiculous. But if you're, you know, Auburn university, uh, you can throw $700 at it and not blink. You know, you, you probably spent that much, uh, buying football players, uh, new shoes yesterday. I don't know. Uh, right. But uh, it's a it's a really low uh, cost of entry for you to, to dip your toe in and see if it works. So I, I, like, I applaud the way they're doing that rather than having to go out and hire, you know, an Objective-C expert and have them design something. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, I know, Mark, you're you know, you're seriously questioning, you know, well, how am I going to keep this thing updated? And in your situation, that's absolutely a concern. You know, you've got to be able to do that. Um, and you don't want to be the person doing it. Um, now in a district like mine, we have a, we have a full-time, um, uh, webmaster. So I could see that that, that would very quickly probably be turned over to that person. Um, but you know, still, uh, our websites are drilled down to the campus level and everything and teachers are able to update information. So I do wonder, you know, how smoothly that would work. Um, so it's, you know, uh, not anything that we can sit here and talk authoritatively about because, uh, you know, we haven't seen it in action, but I'm very curious. I mean, at that pr price point, like you said, Mark, it's, it's kind of hard to go wrong. And, um, even if you do end up trying it and, uh, maybe you don't like it, you're really not out that much. Yeah. It's, uh, I could actually see it a, a lot more for us, for a media company than for a school. But then again, my, maybe my vision is just, a, a little impaired when it comes to what a larger entity would need. You know, at, at our school, if you want to spread the word, you just, 
tell the loudmouth substitute and you know that everybody knows it by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. Well, and I think that that happens I, I that happens at the campus level even a large in a large district. It's it's like its own little small town, you know. Uh teachers will talk. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've insulted uh, a part of our audience, uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the tips of the week. And Sean, you're going to have to go first while I go scare up my tip of the week because I forgot. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Well, I'll see. I'll try not to uh, string this out too long for our listeners, but uh, I, I will give you credit, Mark, because actually you're the one that turned me on to this. So uh, uh, thanks for the uh, the heads up on that one. It is documentary.net. So just like it sounds, documentary, like a movie documentary, .net. And uh, this website is basically just a, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a link farm. It's just they, they have a collection of uh, free documentaries that are out there on the web, and they've kind of brought it all together. Um, uh, you have to be careful, you know, teachers, if you're going to check this out, there are some great educational documentaries on this site. But there are some things that also might be questionable for younger viewers. So, uh, you know, viewer beware. Teachers, if you're pulling anything up on the web that you plan on putting in front of the students, you should be pulling it up well in advance and checking it out anyway. So, um, you know, I don't feel like I should have to say that, but uh, I will. Uh, What I do like about this site is you can actually browse their library by length. So they have uh, documentary movies that are under 10 minutes long. Then they've got a section that's 11 minutes to 30 minutes. And then they have a section that's 30 minutes plus. And it's got a, it's just a a whole wide range of uh, documentary movies that you can see out there. So uh, it's one of those sites that if you go and pop onto it, it's, it's dangerous because you, next thing you know, you've, you know, wasted two or three hours. Uh, going through their collection and checking out all the neat things they have there. Um, they've got everything from big documentaries to uh, the absolute small time, uh, never heard of them guy who made a documentary about his neighbor's dog. So, Right. I, I don't know, remember how I found out about it, but uh, within a couple of minutes, I was watching like a 45 minute documentary on the Crybaby uh, Wah Wah guitar effects pedal. Um, which was fascinating. <laughs> it was a fascinating, you know, it's, that's incredibly niche right there. You've got to be, uh, not only a musician, but a guitar player, not just a guitar player, but a rock guitar player to care about that. But I was fascinated by it. They went back and talked with the guy who invented it and he talked about how he came up with it. And then they talked about, you know, f- talked to famous rock stars and how they used it and how it made its way into funk and, and doo-wop and modern metal and, and it was all over the place. And it was great. And then the next one was like a three-minute documentary on a guy who makes lifelike sex dolls, uh, which was fascinating <laughs> in a different way entirely. Um, right. So, you know, there's all sorts of weird stuff on there. Um, and, I, you know, I don't necessarily know that there's anything specifically for schools. Uh, but I think, you know, if you're studying um, Rosa Parks, you're probably going to find a documentary on Rosa Parks on there. Uh, it's a great little site. Yeah, absolutely. So go check it out at documentary.net. And my tech tip of the week is called quickscreenshare.com, quickscreenshare.com. And it is the simplest way to share a screen uh, as in like, you know, TeamViewer or VNC or something like that, that I've ever seen. You go to their website, quickscreenshare.com. There's, it asks you two questions. Do you want to share your screen or do you want to share their screen? So if you want to help grandma out, you say their screen. 
if you want to d- demo something, you say your screen. And then it says, what's your name? You answer those two questions. You click start. It spits out a, a little Java applet that you can then email or, or um, uh, in any way, however you want, get it to people. And they'll even provide you a link that you can just copy and paste. The other person clicks that, the Java applet runs, boom, you're, you're watching and controlling their screen. Very nice. Yeah, it's a, it's, in, it's a free service right now that it's in beta. Um, and I think once they work out the kinks, it probably won't be free anymore. But check it out. It's, it's drop-dead simple. And this is the way that I would support somebody who is just not even tech-savvy enough to be able to do something like TeamViewer. Uh, or so you would say this is uh, grandma approved then? Yeah, this is this is grandma with no glasses and her teeth not in. Uh, this is. <laughs> I mean, if you can click a link, you can set up a screen sharing session. <clears throat> Very nice. So quickscreenshare.com. dot com. All right, so uh, Mark, uh, this would be the time that you tell us in your eloquent manner how people can contact us. Is that right? Well, I, we've mentioned the. The company about 50 times already, elementop.com. Uh, that's the uh, production company that puts on this show, as well as many other fine shows. And we were supposed to have a, another show starting this week, but I totally dropped the ball, and so that will maybe be next week. But I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, this show is, uh, the idea is that we have about 10 or 12 people now who are hosts, um, either recurring or regular hosts on all of our shows on the network. So the idea was to get those people together, not all of them at once, but just a smattering of them, you know, three or four of them uh, on a given week, and just have them sit down and talk about whatever. You know, uh, for example, the, uh, Aaron Butler, a host of, of One Meal, One Workout, is an avid comic book uh, collector. So he might want to oh, talk Oh, really? About I that. didn't know that. Right. He might want to talk about that for a week. And, and Eric Fay, one of the hosts on uh, The Hot Route, is a stand-up comedian. So he might want to talk about that. And, and you know, we all have varied interests. And so I thought it would be a good idea to just talk, you know, I told the guys that anything is fair game from religion to politics to toenail clippings. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. It will just be um, a roundtable talk show. And I've got the perfect name for it. It's called, wait for it, The Periodic Table. See, it's <laughs> all the elements of the Element OP Network, and it comes out once a week. Periodic elements. This is gold I'm throwing at you people. So uh, as very as, clever, very clever. As soon as I can get that together, <laughs> and and probably what I think I'm going to do is no editing. I think it's going to be live to tape and then published. So it's oh wow, you're going to get that raw sort of thing. It just it is what it is, and it'll be like a you know a morning zoo kind of show. Uh, and I, I think it'll be fun. I really think we've got some really interesting people there, and I think this show could be interesting. So look for that one uh, to come soon. You might want to subscribe to the. RSS feed, um, and and that way you'll see when it when it happens, it'll just be there. So it'll it'll be cool. It'll be coming in the near future, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. So that's the the sixth show on our network called the Periodic Table. Or they could just uh, follow our social media, right, Mark? And that's they right. could do that, yeah. and then they might hear about it that way. Facebook.com slash element op or or uh, ty, uh, um, What's that other one? Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Elvin OP. And I wanted, I, I was going to ask Brendan if I could have multiple feeds within the Twitter thing because he said he could do that. And that's the way we do it. We, we use Twitter lists heavily with, with each uh, show having multiple hosts. But anyway, right. just put Element and OP together in the search engine of your choice and you will find us. 
and uh, you can find good stuff there. And if you want to feed back to us, you want to let us know, you can do that. You can do that on, on Twitter. You know, we, we monitor that. You could do that on Facebook. We monitor that. You could send us an email. Uh, you could go to the, the website and click the contact button, or you could give us a call. And the phone number is 559-IAM-OPIE. So uh, if you want to be on any one of our shows, for whatever reason, if you want to be on a listener spotlight, or you have a business you want to flog, um, let us know, and, and we'll uh, definitely do that. So elementopie.com, the place for all things element and opie. Good, because, you know, that was, that was something that, you know, a few years ago I thought, the Internet's really lacking that. There's not enough element <laughs> or opie. So, you know, we're really filling a hole there. I'm glad to see that we're, you know, we're on the leading edge of that. You know what? There is actually a band that shows up in my Twitter or my Google search now and then called uh, Opie and the Elements. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're not wholly unique then. <laughs> yeah. So it shows up every now and then. So anyway, Sean, was this a good show? No, this was a great show. Was a I had great a lot of fun. Show, was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so having said that, nothing more can be added. And therefore, I will simply say this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>